Penny University, a podcast with value. Penny University presents 2019 Moments on the Skin. Why do some of us get tattoos? Why does someone want to place a moment on their skin? Something that will always be there, reminding them of an event, a person, or even a thought. Listen as Deborah and Tony discuss what they know from their different sides of the tattoo. Episode 2. A Brief History. Tattoos are old. Hello and welcome to Episode 2 of Penny University's new series, 2019 Moments on the Skin. Why do some of us get tattoos? Um, My name is Deborah Fingston and I have become fascinated with tattoos and why people get them. And um, I'd like to introduce Tony and introduce yourself, Tony. Hi, I'm Tony Carey. I'm appearing here for our second uh, recording. (laughs) In my living room. In Deborah and Jerry's house. And uh, I'm thankful to be here. We're going to talk about some tattoo history today. And I want to thank everyone for your thoughts and comments. Um, Hey, uh, plus your prayers. I love that. And, you know, it's been amazing. And I love reading your emails. They've been um, really positive and pretty thought-provoking. And I thank you for those. Well... Um, let's get started. Where does tattoo history begin? Well, that's the interesting thing about tattoos. Um, By virtue of tattoos existing within human flesh, uh, the history is somewhat convoluted, and I guess we don't truly know where history begins with tattooing because uh, the only records of tattooing we have is uh, really mummified flesh. Right, because flesh dissolves. Right, exactly. Tattoos oh, are I never even thought about tattoos that. are ephemeral. Yeah. They only yeah. exist as long as the human flesh exists. Now tattoos, I guess, can reside in skin that's not alive. Right. Um, and there is examples in history of tattoos uh, you know being preserved whether on purpose or by circumstance. Um, so we can rely on those to kind of put some pieces together as far as tattoo history goes. But a lot of stuff is um, kind of just uh, extrapolated from people's guesses oh, okay. um, uh, outside of mummified skin. Uh, but, I mean, as far as the research I've done, and I'm no expert, uh, I love tattooing. I want to know as much about tattooing, so I've, I've always uh, enjoyed learning about it and kind of researching tattoo history. I'm, no, uh, I'm not someone that can speak outside of my, my own research on the internet, basically, right, <laughs> or, or right. books or whatever, but I, but I haven't done the research myself. But uh, from what I've learned, uh, tattooing really seems to come up in every culture that we, that we have found. I mean, every culture that's ever existed wore tattoos for one reason or another, mm-hmm. th- that we know of. Okay. And, you know, I did, of course, a little bit of Google, you know, what else do you do is Google. And um, I was kind of surprised, and I agree with you, it was like at every culture or every something, and here I... I had this thing in my head, gosh, where could it have started? I just didn't think it was as old as it was. And it was, it it's was ancient. interesting, it, yeah. It's ancient. And, and I think it's important to acknowledge that tattooing isn't a new art form, and it may be reaching new highs artistically, uh, but it's been around as long as there's been humans, as far as mm-hmm. we know. And it's fallen in and out of favor many times throughout history. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, you know, becoming something that's unfavorable and viewed as archaic 
isn't new. That ha- didn't happen within, just in our history. It's happened many times over history. Right. Um, and right now there seems to be a, a resurgence in tattoos or definitely something that's in favor. Uh, but, I mean, it's imaginable that maybe they'll fall out of favor again, you know, in a distant future. Hopefully after I'm done making money doing yeah. tattoos. But, but I mean, it, it, it's possible to imagine that could happen again. Well, I noticed in your notes you had a reference to um, the Iceman. And what is that? What, who is that? So uh, he was an example of uh, an unintentional mummification. And uh, he was found in the Italian Alps. Um, I believe he's somewhere around 5,000 years old. Okay. And uh, he had uh, an entire body full of tattoos. I believe he had six, over 60, 61, mm-hmm. something like that, tattoos. And, of course, uh, there isn't any, other, uh, any information other than the existence of his tattoos within his flesh. No one knows truly where they come from. So everything's somewhat speculative. But uh, his tattoos aren't pictograph in nature. They're just sort of rudimentary marks. A lot of them sort of reside over joints. So I think some of the early speculation is that they may have been some form of a treatment uh, for like... Maybe, like medical? Like maybe like rheumatoid arthritis, which I believe he did present. Okay. Or his, his remains presented. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it could have been some sort of treatment. But I mean, it, it's a, a beautiful and archaic example of an, a permanent mark being made uh, as a byproduct of some sort of, you know, early medical treatment. Right. As imagined. We, I mean, we don't truly know yeah, that's the case. Yeah, you don't really know. But, but it, it's something as simple as sticking a hot stick in a fire mm-hmm. and poking the flesh, and, and the carbon leaves a mark. And well, you've brought up stick. Have they found tools? Uh, n- not in this instance. It's just, okay. it's just a body being f- frozen in the, <laughs> in the, the permafrost or whatever in, wow. in the Italian Alps. Wow. That's I think that's interesting how um, this one man, and is it medical over the joints or is it, um, was he trying to express something? Yeah, and I, I honestly don't think anybody truly knows. I think yeah. it's just speculative. Um, I watched a number of different documentaries over the years on, on this particular case, and it's so compelling. But uh, at least there's one school of thought that he was murdered. He was shot via bow and arrow. Oh. Which is really interesting. And again, I don't, I mean, who knows? Yeah, who knows? Who knows? But yet we have him. Yeah, we, exactly. exactly. His, his, his tattoos exist, which is amazing. So what would be kind of like the next culture? You know, we, we know the old Iceman found. So what was a culture that really dealt with a lot of tattoos? So I, I don't exactly know the timeline um, as it went in history. I know there's an example of uh, mummies in South America with tattoos dating uh, far back. I, I know there's also an example of several mummies found in Siberia, I believe somewhere around 3,000 years ago. Uh, don't quote me on that. that that's just okay. my, my memory of, of the I'll, research. I'm going to quote you on that. <laughs> I'm going to say Tony said. <laughs> uh, but, but, there, but there's an example they call the, uh, uh, the Siberian Ice Princess, and she wore beautiful pictograph tattoos. They were, ta- they were literally tattoos of animals. On her body? Yes. Okay. Yep, yep. And she, she was another example Arms, of, legs. of, I believe, an accidental mum- mummification. But she was believed to be royalty. Oh. So, so this, these tattoos might be connected to uh, something of a uh, of, uh, uh, high society type thing. Or, okay. Uh, just being connected to royalty, which is maybe the first example of such a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
being that tattoos in history have at times been signs of wealth or power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they have been many times o- over history, but, but this might be one of the earliest examples. And another example of, of uh, a tattoo of a particular image. Okay. And this is dating so far back, I think people would be surprised to know that the people wore tattoos of animals dating mm-hmm. this far back. Mm-hmm. And that they carried probably some type of meaning they, for her. Exactly. Just like our tattoos carry meaning for us. Right. Yeah, it's no different. That, that's the thing. Everyone always thinks that their generation is new to tattoos and they're taking it to a different level. Mm-hmm. It's, it's been done. It's all been done. The tattoos may look different now. But, but the reasons we wear tattoos are very similar to the same reason they wore tattoos in ancient history. Right. Um, and maybe there's an underlying connection to that and maybe there's a compulsion to be connected to that part of our history that we don't even know about. I mean, these are things right. I think about. I don't know if it's true or not. It's just things I think about. I think it's an interesting connection. Yeah. So in your notes, you, the next thing you pick up is um, Egypt. And, you know, my first thought of Egypt, of, of course, is pyramids, the Nile, Cleopatra, that type of thing. So they, were, they also tattooed this culture? Uh, Egyptians definitely wore tattoos, and they were, uh, by all accounts, uh, favorable by society. Mm-hmm. They didn't look down upon it all. But an interesting thing about Egyptian tattooing is that only women wore tattoos. No men? No men. And the tattoos were done by the high priestess. So it was an important uh, act in mm-hmm. their culture. And uh, apparently they were mostly done in the abdomen of women. And they were believed to either uh, evoke fertility mm-hmm. or possibly uh, safe childbirth. Mm-hmm. So it was almost like a, a superstition of theirs, whether it was, again, to allow fertility or it was to, um, you know, a, a have babies. A safe, a safe right. birth, yeah. yeah. It was connected to birth and women and wow. uh, fertility. So were they um, just marks? Like you were saying, not pictorial, or were I, they... I, I don't know. I think they were probably more, more marking marked. type as opposed to pictorial. Okay, so we have the Iceman. We have the Ice... What the did you... Siberian call? Ice Princess. Siberian Ice Princess. We have the um, Egyptian who connected it to divine and only women, which I think is interesting because a lot of cultures, it's the men. Right, right. And it was done by a high priestess. So yeah. it was a sacred act yeah. to them, for sure. That's, that's amazing. So I think, I think we all know that um, tattooing is across all cultures. We brought up Egypt, but... Um, in, in your notes, I'm seeing that it was in Europe, Asia, North America, South America, and Polynesia. I always think of the Orient. Um, you know, so it, I can't think of any spot that didn't. Right. And, and again, we're at the mercy of basically uh, preserved flesh to, to know the true mm-hmm. roots of tattooing. But it's speculated that it goes far back, further than that. Um, and there's been figurines of, of human-type figures uh, with markings that resemble tattoos. So it's imagined that those were representative of tattoos that were worn during those mm-hmm. cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, the flesh doesn't exist, so it's hard, it's hard to imagine if, if it's true or not, you know? What was the material? I mean, we use ink and color. What did they use? Uh, carbon. It, it, okay, it, so... It, tattooing is carbon-based. Okay. Uh, um, it, it's usually some sort of ash or... Um, you know, moving into to Japanese style tattooing, um, people always say Asian tattooing, but I think it's important to acknowledge that a lot of Asian cultures uh, did not tattoo. Oh, okay. Uh, but, okay. But the Japanese did. Okay. Um, 
and, and they were some of maybe the first to use like pigmented dyes and bring some color into tattooing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're talking 1600s to 1800s, way back when, way before people would think of. of you mean be- way before color. Popeye? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, way before people would imagine that, that there's been color tattooing, they've been doing color tattooing. And there wasn't a, a broad spectrum. Right. But, you know, there wasn't every color in the world, but they were bringing some reds and browns and such into tattooing. Wow. Um, I, if we're moving towards the Japanese uh, style of tattooing, which I believe we're going that direction anyway, uh-huh. um, it's important to acknowledge too that the Japanese culture was tattooing far before the Japanese uh, imagery that we imagine as Japanese tattooing these days, the bodysuit style tattooing. Uh, bodysuit, I don't, what do you uh, mean, bodysuit uh, tattooing? The large scale, oh, full body oh, full telling covers. a story. Okay, okay. Um, uh, that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but the, the indigenous people t- wore tattoos too. Okay. Of, of the islands um, and that was uh, all women they were called the Ainu tribe and the women wore tattoos on their on like around their lips mm-hmm. um, and kind of on their chin mm-hmm. and this is I've seen drawings of that oh yeah it's it's super interesting yeah and, and this this way predates um, um, the style of Japanese tattooing that we all think of these days right you know um, when you mentioned face tattoos that was one situation I asked the boys I said you know you can tattoo all you want sleeves socks whatever I mean I I used to tease them about it but I asked them please not your face and um, I ran into a young man one time at a coffee house and he had big blue sorrows and I didn't I only saw them on Braveheart right right and um, I said to the young man I just directly asked him why'd you do that? And he said, well, I had a really sorrowful life. And I didn't say anything to him, but honestly, I thought you're standing in Starbucks with, you know, buying a $5 cup of coffee. I don't see you going to war. Uh, You know, so all this was going through my head because on your face, that is such a um, bold comment. It's incredibly bold, yeah. You know, and and I I just think that's pretty interesting. Yet... Um, women do their eyebrows, they'll do the, you know, their eyeliners, their lips, and we're kind of cool with that. Yeah, it's a lot of ways it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, well, that was kind of a rabbit trail, but sorry. (laughs) So let's get get back. That's that's fine. Let's get back. So we were kind of talking about Japanese tattooing. Okay, so... Um, Japanese tattooing does what? I mean, where does it start? How does it go? Uh, well, the Japanese definitely have a very rich history of tattooing. And like I said before, the, the indigenous people were tattooing um, a very long time ago. I'm not sure the dates on that, but it definitely predates a lot of other cultures. Uh, but as far as the, the what we look to as modern Japanese-style tattooing, um, we're talking 1600s to 1800s, and you know, honestly, into our culture even mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. Um, Japanese is a style of tattooing that I've studied. Um, and what lo- did you call it again? You called it well uh, the, the large large scale body style tattooing, okay. Uh, okay. where they, they were tattooing full bodies with uh, you know beautiful, uh, well executed imagery of mm-hmm. of whole scenes. Um, a lot of them are based in uh, like. Like legends, mm-hmm. was history. it was it just men or was it men and women? Was it up elite or was it everyone? So, so where it started was, um, I think, 
uh, we're all familiar with Japanese woodblock art. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it became you know popular in American culture, and, and people collected them. I, I have a few. Mm-hmm. Um, but the woodblock art was basically a. a early version of you know printing press mm-hmm. they were mass mm-hmm. producing copies of someone's artwork some of it was for propaganda some of it was promote like like plays mm-hmm. and uh that type of thing almost as we would do like a movie poster um some of it was for um you, you know to sell and, and make money on for the artist and there's a lot of different reasons they were doing woodblocks but there's a lot of famous woodblock artists but the engravers weren't the artists they, they were the ones carving out the woodblocks to make the prints of the famous artist's okay. imagery. And uh, it's told that the first tattoos were done by woodblock carvers. Oh, they were... Were they copying over other artists' work onto the body or but, being creative themselves? But, but they just had that skill. Oh, oh, yes. To, to replicate that imagery. Um, Japanese hand-poke tattooing specifically is called tabori. okay. Te, meaning hand, bori, meaning engrave. And you said hand-poked. So, so. so it's, not, it's different than the Polynesian style, which is more tapped style, Okay. Um, which we'll get into further on down the road here. But, but the Japanese style is, uh, it's, it's, there's a stretching hand, and it's uh, poked in with the other hand with uh, uh, needles affixed to a stick, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, uh, they're doing wildly beautiful tattooing, full color. Mm-hmm. Um, that yeah. had to take forever. Yeah, it definitely takes longer. I mean, because you guys now are dealing with, um, you know, electric. Right. And it can move. Right. Not, I can't say quickly, but my gosh, it's got to be more than the hand well, one. So a uh, tattoo machine runs between 300 to 400 strokes per second. Wow. Um, and I actually do Japanese hand poke tattooing. I do tabori. Mm-hmm. I've been brought up into that. And uh, best I can figure, it's maybe 15 pokes a second, which is still pretty fast. But, but each stroke through the skin delivered via tabori uh, puts more pigment under the skin. So it's, oh. it's in a weird way more efficient. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's less pokes. It's more gentle. Mm-hmm. It sounds crazy. It looks, it looks gnarly. It looks barbaric, but it's actually a little less painful. Hmm. Most people would say anyway. No, I'm fascinated. Now I want one. <laughs> now I want one. We can make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so then how did it get from Polynesia? I mean, I guess trade routes. That would seem to pop into my head. Uh, coming from, yeah, the Polynesian style tattooing is a whole different method. Oh, okay. So And, and, that, and that's actually uh, uh, called tatau. Okay. Um, they speculate the word tattoo is an onomatopoeic right. version of, of the tap sound that the, the owl makes. It's, it's a tap, 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 and it sounds like tatau, tatau, tatau. Okay. So uh, we call tattoos tattoos, and people believe maybe that's where it came from. Um, okay. Again, I can't. I'm just telling right. stories that I've it heard. It makes I sense I to me. I don't know if it's true. Yeah? Um, yeah, and so the Polynesian people were, were tattooing um, much more bold... Uh, sort of symbol stripes mm-hmm. and, and bold black fill tattoos uh, and the, like the Maori were doing on their face. Right. Um, you know, um, Jerry and I took a vacation to New Zealand, absolutely gorgeous place. And we went to um, a, a Maori festival and it was 
their tattoos were beautiful. Right, right. And this is a modern version of what they imagined it mm -hmm. to be back then. Mm -hmm. it, it's not the same. Uh, Japanese style tattooing is the only ancient style of tattooing that's never been broken. Okay. All the other chains and have been broken. And when you mean broken, it's been a continual... Handed down from generation to generation, okay. from, from master to student until a current, you know, till modern times. Right. Um, all the other indigenous style tattoos have been broken. Wow. Wow. Mostly because of missions. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, convincing indigenous peoples that their ways are archaic mm -hmm. and modern people mm -hmm. don't do that. Uh, an example of that is uh, my friend in England, Fade Manning, did a document, a beautiful documentary on Borneo style hand tap, hand poke tattoo, oh, hand tap tattooing. Um, it's called Point of No Return. You should check it out. It's on YouTube. We can provide well, a link. You know what? Um, we'll embed it in if you guys go to our um, anchor and go to our web page on anchor. Let's embed her yeah, documentary. Let's do it for sure. Uh, it, it, it's a wonderful piece that she self produced, and uh, it definitely talks about how, how their culture. Um, was really almost uh, swayed in a way that tattooing was looked down upon mm -hmm. and, and not modern. Mm -hmm. uh, it's been brought back by some younger members of the tribes mm -hmm. and there's been a resurgence, but, but honestly, the chain was broken. The, the, wow. They're not doing the same. They're, they're reimagining what was done back then. And same things with Polynesian tattooing too, mm -hmm. un unfortunately, mm -hmm. uh, because I think those traditions are important. But uh, so it's speculated that the Polynesian style tattooing was discovered by Captain James Cook, mm -hmm. who was exploring the, the region in New Zealand. Uh, I'm not sure of the dates, but it was you know, a, right. a long time ago, whenever right. that was. And uh, he uh, brought back tattooed heads of Maori people. It sounds It gnarly. sounds, oh man. Yeah. But, but I mean, it, the whole story, is way gnarlier than people probably would guess. But he brought back severed heads. Speza, specimens. Yeah. I mean, that was it, part yeah, of what he... Yeah, of, yeah. of, of tattooed faces. And uh, it apparently captivated the British Navy and they started uh, learning the methods and started doing tattoos. And honestly, this is the first example of, of uh, military ad being adorned in tattoos. It became favorable. started to become favorable in England yeah. be because of... James Cook. And the Navy. And the Navy. And, uh, and in, a very interesting component to this whole story is that he, I think he had a number of different expeditions down there, uh, but he eventually became missing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I believe the culture was in the past and maybe at that time a uh, little cannibalistic still. <laughs> yeah. So it, so it, it they probably didn't. Him? It pro yeah, 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 yeah. It probably didn't end cooked, well. Captain Cook. Didn't end well for him. Yeah. But as horrible of a story as that is, it's important to how tattooing uh, became popular in the West, and you know why we wear tattoos now. We wear tattoos now because of this this history and, and these cultures colliding. You're listening to Penny University, a podcast with value. We hope you find the series fun and interesting. If you would like to share your two cents, contact Deborah or Tony at pennyuniversity at protonmail.com. Thank you for listening. Please rate this series, then share. Now back to the podcast.
So cooked Captain Cook. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He brought it back to the British Navy. Then what happened? So by the 18th century, uh, there were tattoo shops, studios, parlors, whatever you would call them at the time, uh, in, in really most port cities in Britain. Okay. So we were already moving towards commercial tattooing. Uh-huh. Tattooing as a, a, a job even, you know, or mm-hmm. as a career. Mm-hmm. Not, I don't think I even looked at it as a career. It was a trade. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I remember in the 70s, the only tattoo parlor I knew of was at the Port of Long Beach. Right, the Pike. Yeah, the Pike. And, um, you know, when you were just talking about it being British um, sailors and around, it just made me think, wow, how much it really kind of didn't change all the way up to the 70s. Right, right. Well, it kind of, yeah. Uh, I think the 70s may have been moving towards something of an upswing, but it had mm-hmm. been up and down yeah. know, th- throughout American history for sure. Uh, but I think it's important to acknowledge that even though there were tattoo parlors mm-hmm. in port cities dating this far back, they weren't doing electric tattooing. They were doing hand poke tattooing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we hadn't gotten that far yet. Okay, so um, one of your notes um, was that King George V had a tattoo. Uh, yeah, he was maybe one of the first nobles or even first uh, Westerners to travel to Japan to be tattooed by a Japanese master. He was tattooed by Horichio. And, uh, do we know what the tattoo was by chance? I, I'm or? not sure. Okay. We could probably do, do the research and find right. out. But this was inevitably some sort of... Uh, Japanese imagery mm-hmm. because that's all they tattoo right um, and I'm sure it was done Tabori style so I mean I think that probably brought some intrigue back to uh, Britain but also uh, made it so that they were moving towards more of a favorable favorable climate being right. that it was royalty being well tattooed. if the king did it right and exactly. traveled all the way that's not something that's not a decision you make on a on a drunk Friday. Right. And th- it's one of the earliest examples of, of any Westerner collecting Japanese style tattooing. So Wow. So, okay, Tony, how did it get to America? I mean, it's it's in all cultures, it's everywhere. How did it get here? Well, I think it's important to acknowledge that tattooing came to America via military. Sailors traveling to different ports, uh, having this as an opportunity, um, an interesting thing about being in the military is that uh, a lot of young people are being placed in peril mm-hmm. and things like tattoos become a real rite of passage, you know, even not necessarily for young people, but for people that are putting their lives on the line. And uh, it, it's, uh, it's an important way of documenting their travels. You know, I think, right. I think we all get tattooed for different reasons, but I think sailors get tattooed for... A, a more specific reason, and that's... Uh, right. Well, um, somewhere I read that the certain things meant um, different things for them. Right. You know, the oh, yeah, anchor there's... meant something, you know, so there was different meanings. And, and sparrows. And, yes, and, sparrows. Yeah, exactly. The pig on one foot, chicken on the other foot. Yeah. I, okay, stuff. pig on one foot, chicken on the... I've never yeah. heard of that one. Because the crates float. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I never would have thought that. It's a sailor tattoo, for sure. And so I definitely am am enamored with traditional American style tattooing as well as Japanese style tattooing Mm -hmm. because the history is important to me. But I think the imagery is very strong and the tattoos were definitely built in a way to last. Right. (laughs) Built to hold up. 
Um, well, and I have to make a plug right now. Our next episode, episode three, we're going to be talking with a veteran, and we're going to be talking with a, a current serving soldier, and so, you know, about their tattoos. So it, they, there definitely is a military history, and it still is continuing. It's yeah, so, it's, it slides right into to current culture as well. So I'm excited so about that's important too. too. Um, I, I read somewhere that uh, even by um, Civil War era, there were tattoo shops in America. So okay. there were already commercial tattooing in America by Civil War times. Uh, again, these are hand-poked tattoos, though. Right. Um, so, but I think that's really important to acknowledge that, that there were people paying money to get tattooed in America before electric tattooing existed. Uh-huh. Um, and then somewhere around the turn of the century, 1900s, uh, tattoos started being done uh, in the more modern style of electric tattooing, which really hasn't changed much since then. It's, it's been refined, but it's virtually the same thing. Right. And... Uh, it's hard to say who was doing it first or who, who realized that you could tattoo that way, uh, but a man by the name of Samuel O'Reilly was the first to attain a patent for the electric tattoo machine, and what he was using was a modified version of an electric pen invented by Thomas Edison to scribe on canvas. You know, that's fascinating to me. Um, years ago, in my boy's room, I had a timeline that I purchased somewhere, and what blew me away is we forget about how, the, how one great thought leads to another person's great thought, and it builds on each other. And this timeline had famous people and where they were and if they were connected. And what always blew my mind is how Alexander Graham Bell trained um, Sullivan because in deaf techniques, because his mother was deaf. I mean, he created the telephone hoping to help deaf people here. Yeah, that's crazy. Right? She in turn trained, you know, Helen Keller who, you know, and all this great stuff. And that's a fascinating fact that um, Samuel O'Reilly took Thomas Edison's, you know, creation and made it something, you know, we're so interconnected. It's all connected. All of history. I mean, ultimately, in a weird way, our tattoos are connected to the Iceman. To an ancient history, yeah. 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 That's, and uh, it's a very real way of, of feeling connected, too. Yeah. And maybe subconscious, but it's, the connection's there. Beautiful. All right, so we're diving into American tattooing. And, what? okay, it's we know that the electric um, tattoo machine, what do you machine, call it? Machine, yeah, Pant- it's, it's a machine. Okay, is up and running. We have tattoo parlors, you said, in around the country, kind of in, in metropolitan areas. Definitely at ports. Where does it go from there? Um, so I, I think this is when tattooing probably took a, a major leap forward as far as art artistry. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that anyone doing tattoos considered themselves artists back then. I think they were often considered tradesmen. Okay. Um, and, and it was definitely a trade, and I think at... at Moving into this era, it was it was uh, something you had to be brought into it, you know, via apprenticeship, and you kind of had to earn your spot as a tattooer. I don't think it was anything that anyone got into to make a bunch of money, but I think there were people supporting their families doing tattoos at this era, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of tattooers doing doing nice tattoos, and I think w- this is moving towards an era when the tattoo shops were studios, parlors, whatever you're, you're going to call them at this era, probably parlor, uh, were adorned in images that you picked off the wall 
and that tattooer would replicate them probably as fast as they could to do the next one to make as many pennies as they could. Right. Well, um, was there anybody that kind of stood out at that time? Well, there was quite a few, actually, um, but I think the one that most people think of uh, in traditional American tattooing is probably Sailor Jerry Collins, um, and there was really great tattooers before and after, but I think he was the one to be the most well-known um, uh, across the board, and uh, he definitely had a style that he became famous for. I think he probably became more famous after his life, uh, which is unfortunate. He died in 73, uh, but he was a merchant marine, and he's traveled the Orient, and he saw tattooing uh, in the ports, and he brought it back to America, and he was tattooing in Hawaii for um, probably 30 or 40 years. Um, and he did a, a style that we now consider American traditional tattooing. Okay, and, and you said the tattoos that I have are American traditional. They have roots in American traditional, okay. for sure. Okay. As a lot of stuff I do does. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I think it's beautiful. I love it. I love it. And then where do we go? So he... Like you said, he did it up until he passed away, but um, where is it morphing? So, it so he was an important figure in that he brought together uh, a group of tattooers, which ended up being, I guess, considered the first ever tattoo convention. Okay. And it took place in Hawaii, uh, and it was a Japanese tattooer uh, by the name of Kasuo Oguri um, Horihide, he's known as. Um, and uh, I think Sailor Jerry knew him because of his travels, and it was really the first time a, a traditional Japanese-style tattooing had been done in America. He came to Hawaii and did Japanese hand-poked tattooing. And Sailor Jerry was implementing some of the Japanese imagery in his tattoos, which had never been done before. Mm -hmm. So it's really a, a crossroads um, and a very important time in tattooing. Um, Sailor Jerry may have been doing it in an effort to one-up the Japanese, which is kind of a funny motivation. But uh, during this time, Sailor Jerry had a uh, young protege who was studying his style tattooing and learning from him by the name of Ed Hardy, mm -hmm. Don Ed Hardy. And I think, in my personal opinion, Ed Hardy is probably the most important American tattooer in history. Uh, he's still alive. I, he doesn't tattoo anymore. He retired, I believe, in the early 2000s. Um, and when Sailor Jerry died in 73, uh, he was offered Jerry's shop, and he actually turned it down and went to Japan and studied under Horihide. Okay. Um, and he spent a bunch of time learning about Japanese culture and Japanese-style tattooing. And when he came back to America, he opened, I guess, what would be considered the first uh, like full-custom private studio in San Francisco. And he had tattooed before he crossed paths with Sailor Jerry, and he tattooed in Canada and Southern California. And uh, he's interesting in that he was classically a classically trained artist. He went to art school. He was an art nerd and mm -hmm. uh, uh, a very intellectual person, the kind of person that previously hadn't really appeared in American tattooing. It was real rough and tumble. Um, it was then. It was when I started tattooing. Mm -hmm. it, it can be now, uh, but he was definitely uh, he didn't fit the mold. Mm -hmm. uh, but he was so smart and he pushed so far that uh, he uh, is almost solely responsible for, I guess, what they consider the tattoo renaissance period of the 90s. Um, people that went to work for him were some of the best tattooers in the world. I think 
in the 80s and 90s, a lot of people considered him the best tattooer in the world. I think he was charging something like 200 bucks an hour in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. He was that important. Wow. Um, and he was the first to really, uh, you know, aside from Jerry's little dabbling in, in Japanese-style tattooing, uh, Ed Hardy really brought Japanese-style tattooing to America, uh, large-scale works. And then he also uh, was enamored with, like, pop culture, mm-hmm. and he was doing... I guess what they called like power pop style tattoos. I don't know what power pop tattoos. Uh, uh, kind of combining like the traditional American style with like more real bright pop culture. Okay. Colors, um, kind of Ed Hardy, mm-hmm. uh, or sorry, not Ed Hardy, uh, Ed Roth. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of mixing in the surf culture of Southern California and uh, emerging punk rock scenes and all this stuff. They all kind of crashed together in mm-hmm. San Francisco in the 90s. And it changed the face of tattooing. Mm-hmm. It made tattooing what it is now. And again, he had a lot of important people working for him too over the years. Um, so yeah, a real important figure in American tattooing. So um, you, that he was, and he's still alive today, you said. He is. Um, and it was really kind of the 70s, but the 80s and 90s is when tattooing really kind of exploded into what we know now. Correct, yeah. Yeah, the, the 90s for sure. Okay, and, you know, one of the things when I was looking over some notes, um, it was in the 70s that regular people started getting tattoos, not just, you know, circus or sailors or um, bikers. You know, when did, when did all of, the, you know, the bikers came in? You know, when I was a kid, it was... Um, military or bikers that's right. who we saw and when i started tattooing uh late 90s it was still very connected to that but i think the 70s like you hit the nail on the head the 70s is when it started becoming popular um and you know kind of crossed over into into pop culture uh and inevitably the name lyle tuttle comes up who unfortunately just passed away mm-hmm. a few months ago uh, but he was a tattoo icon and he put himself in a position where he tattooed a lot of celebrities in the 60s and 70s, including Janis Joplin. Um, he ended up on the cover, actually I believe it was the inside cover, of Rolling Stone, I think in 69 or 70. Mm-hmm. Um, and he blew up. I mean, he, he, he took the world by storm. And uh, Sailor Jerry actually hated that. He hated tattooing, uh, being thrust into the spotlight. Sailor Jerry didn't do interviews, any of that stuff. Um, it was said that he had a picture of Lyle Tuttle on the other side of his toilet so that you could oh see God. on his face. So really? he wasn't a supporter of, yeah. of the fame uh, that Lyle Tuttle was getting. Right. But uh, it, 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 what Lyle Tuttle did was important for tattooing to become what it has become today and right. you know, moving into television and everything else. That was the first stepping stone. Well, that. you know, the crazy thing when I was kind of doing a little bit, Pamela Anderson yeah, that was, was one of the, you know, um, kind of popular women to have a tattoo yeah in the 90s yeah that's when that was all happening i was shocked by that i don't know why but that kind of surprised me and and um i also was kind of surprised about dolly parton yeah dolly's awesome yeah yeah it (laughs) was like dang i love her yeah she's the best um and then i was reading that there was a tattoo barbie i didn't even know that but i'm not surprised and yeah it um and it came out in 2011, and people were appalled. They raised a stink over it. So Mattel stopped it. Shut it down. Yeah. 
and now it's a collector's item. Well, and I think I think athletes getting tattooed and some celebrities. I mean, Johnny right. Depp was probably one of the early names to be tattooed in the '90s, and he got a, like more tattoos than a lot of people did back then. Uh, so it definitely it definitely started crossing over then to I mean where we are now. I think a lot of celebrities have tattoos, and they're they're almost something of a status symbol again, which right. is crazy. Well, you to look be at there. athletes, and they're you know they're covered. Right. Right, all athletes too, not just yeah, one, not yeah. just basketball, not just no. football. It's soccer. It's it's across the board. If you watch the Olympics, how many tattoos you see? Yeah, you know, it, it's definitely popular these days. Well, I guess I was right. I was, you know, everybody and their mother <laughs> are now are now getting them. So, I think we've kind of gone through the history. We've kind of brought it up to today. Yeah, we've brushed across. The board. The yeah, board I, I mean, we knew we couldn't go super deep. This is a brief history. I think it's fascinating. But why are people coming into Hold Fast today? What what trend? Do you see a trend? Do you see anything happening? I mean, I, I think uh, the widespread media attention is, is certainly part of it. Um, social media has got to be part of it, too. I mean... You, on yeah. my Instagram feed, all I see is tattoos because I follow a lot of tattooers. But I mean, tattoos are everywhere. I mean, watch TV now. Commercials, mainstream commercials have people mm-hmm. with a lot of tattoos, which mm-hmm. is, uh, to my knowledge, that's pretty new. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, a lot of celebrities, a lot of musicians, a lot of athletes are being heavily tattooed, not just a little, couple little tattoos. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's got to be part of it. Um, like a lot of tattoos are being done, but hopefully they're coming to hold fast because we have something of a reputation in this town. Right. I'd like to think, you know, I, I mean, I don't even know. I'm so f- removed from it because I've lived in a tattoo shop for better part of 20 years now. Yeah. I, and I, the basement of the yeah. tattoo well, shop. Well, <laughs> I've been in the basement for about seven years. Oh, but yeah. okay. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I wonder, do you have an idea where it's going to go? Or do you just, is it just an open door? It's an open door. I mean, I think there's room for it to grow. I think artistically things are being done that have never been done. I, I mean, t- people are doing beautiful, amazing tattoos in all different styles. And I really do like all different styles. You know, I definitely kind of have my thing, but I like all different styles. And uh, I think the sky's the limit as far as how it's going to go. I mean, I, I hope in the not so distant future, they'll still remain favorable. But I mean, where does it go from? I mean, I feel like people are getting their faces tattooed now. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm still, I don't know, Tony, that's something I can't. It weirds me out, too. I, I mean, it weirds me out, too. I can't, I don't in, know why. In my day, there was a certain order to things, and, uh, you know, you didn't do your forearm until you had your upper arms tattooed, you know, and you definitely didn't do your hands or neck until your whole body was tattooed, and you better be making tattoos if you had those those tattoos, and it, it's different than that now, and I, I, I don't know where it's going to go. I still... Uh, hold it in a certain regard in which there should be an order in which you get tattooed and you have to kind of to earn the right to wear visible tattoos and I don't know that modern culture is, is <laughs> moving there... in that direction but I mean that's Does important that make to me. sad? No. No, I try to not be sad about it because I get to do big fun tattoos on cool people every day so I mean it's hard to be sad about it. Um, if anything I just look back on how it was and uh enjoy that I've, I've been a small part of the journey, you know, mm-hmm. that I've got to see that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's going to change. I have to be able to evolve with the times. Otherwise, I won't be able to stay busy. And I, I want a tattoo for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. So hopefully I can stay up on it. Um, well, maybe people will learn. I, I think the history and just the things, just the icing that I know has made me respect it more. Right. Uh, 
for me, it, the history is, is incredibly important. Uh, there's a saying, we stand on shoulders of giants. Mm-hmm. And to me, you can't push forward if you don't first know. You can't even understand where you're at until you know the history. And then maybe you can push forward a little bit once you understand all the history. So uh, to me, it's incredibly important to, to know where it came from. And hopefully we're, we're helping spread that word a little bit. I think we've scratched the surface pretty good. I don't, you know, it's, it's a pretty deep subject. And I don't think in the time we, you know, have for the podcast, we can dive a whole lot deeper. But I think we did a really good job at skimming. Yeah, I think we definitely talked about um, a lot of important eras in tattooing. There's certainly more information out there. And, you know, I'd be happy to talk about it if anyone wants to contact me. Um, yeah, I think we did a wonderful job of, of uh, covering our bases. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty fascinating. I'm really now interested in why people do it, you know, some personal stories. And that's where we're going to start on our next episode is those personal stories. And since tattoos kind of came in through the military, the Navy, to America, let's start with our military. So in our next episode, episode three, we're going to be talking to um, a couple uh military guys sounds great to me I think it's good well thanks tony i love you in my living room (laughs) thanks for having me okay it's been fun it has been fun let's continue to keep that going sounds great to me okay thank you thank you for listening to penny university's moments on the skin why do some of us get tattoos please join deborah and tony again for the next episode in the fun series We hope you find us a podcast with value. Until next episode, be strong, wise, and safe.